0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the IBC Podcast, where we sit down and dive deeper into our messages, as well as talk about what's going on in the life of our church.
1: Welcome back to the IBC Podcast. My name is Jared Landreth, and we have a New guest with us today, uh, Dr. Bobby Kelly has arrived to the podcast to bring the intelligence level <laughs> to the maximum. Normally, you get stuck with Scott and I, or Scott and Aaron, or myself and Aaron, uh, but but Dr. Kelly's going to bring us to... Uh, to uh, new heights. So <laughs> we're so glad that uh Dr. Kelly has joined us. Dr. Kelly is the Ruth Dickinson Professor of Bible and the chair of the Hobbs School of Theology and Ministry at Oklahoma Baptist University here in town. Uh hi- he and his family are also members here at IBC, and we are so grateful uh, that that uh, Dr. Kelly has stepped in and uh, preached for us last Sunday uh, through some through some uh, through some intense circumstances. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Kelly, why did you tell us a little bit about what happened uh, and why this was such a fun text and fun weekend for you to preach this particular passage?
0: Yeah, I felt like uh, Aaron and Scott. You know, looked at First John. They were working through it. They saw the Antichrist passage and said, "That'd be a good week to be out of town. Let's call, <laughs> let's call Bobby and see if he's going to be here." So it was, uh, it was spring break, the beginning of spring break week. So uh, a lot of students are gone, which right. would be my, you know, primary, you know, that's my audience. Yeah. So they're not going to be there uh, <laughs> for it. And um, and they told me like two months ago they wanted me to do it. So then I, I hadn't even looked at the text. So I so I looked at the text about a month ago and saw it was the antichrist passage and I yeah. said, "Well, that'll be fun." You know, that I, I actually like doing a topic that might people might have more curiosity about or might not hear as many sermons on it. Right. And I actually looked and I didn't have a sermon. I'd never preached a sermon uh, related to this passage in 1 yeah. John or the antichrist or or the 666 beast in Revelation 13:14. And uh so so I, all that was good. And um And then you know, on February 24th, uh, Putin and Russia invade Ukraine, and I know that would sort of stoke the apocalyptic fires. And people might, might, there's, I'm sure there are people out there. I may have already heard somebody, you know, suggesting Putin could be the Antichrist. Yeah. Uh, So that doesn't make it. We all have Facebooks. You all have Facebook. (laughs) That's right. Social media. Everybody's got a platform. Somebody's saying it. So, so all that was true. Uh, but, but then we had the, uh, the state basketball, uh, tournament and I hadn't, hadn't realized it was the same weekend they'd asked me to preach, but my son is a freshman at Dale and, um, uh, they've had a great season start two sophomores and three freshmen. So he's one of the, one of the starters and they went 20, well, they ended up 29 and two That's
1: incredible. that
0: they were going into the state tournament, three games to go to win it and the the championship was saturday night <laughs> before the sermon on sunday morning so they won it yeah and and it was exciting but it kept me out really really late we went yep. to some parents homes watched a replay of the game yep. i got home about 1 130 and fi- the the final the the top the icing on the cake was this was spring forward <laughs> yep. weekend so we, actually I got about the three worst hours sleep. Sunday morning absolutely of all the Sunday morning yep <laughs> and so I got a, I probably slept about three hours and uh, but but it was you know it was great I, I think if you had to have a topic that might keep people awake after losing an hour of sleep right Antichrist passage would do it
1: that's that's so true yeah and man you did such a great job handling that text that that, uh, I'm not a preacher myself, but, but I can imagine that that would be a very, very difficult, uh, text to, uh, preach from. So I think you did a, an, an incredible job. Before we dive into that though, we have some important, uh, business to discuss. Um, the new Batman movie has, has come out and word on the street is, uh, you are quite the uh, connoisseur <laughs> of, of Batman films. And, uh, uh, we, the, the, uh, the people have spoken and they want to know who are your top three, uh, actors who have played Batman.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll go with three, two, one. Okay. So I'll work towards the top of the list. Okay. So, uh, I, I definitely number three would be Adam West. Okay. The, the, the 30 minute Batman show that used to come on when I was a kid. Uh huh. And uh, that's how old I am. I watched those live as a kid. Uh, they don't they don't feel at all like the current Batman series. But uh, I loved them when I was a kid, so I looked forward to those after school uh, to watch Batman. And so it was it was uh, almost comedic, uh, campy. would be a good term to describe them. But uh-huh. uh, I thought I thought Adam West was great when I was a kid. Um, Christian Bale would be number two. Uh, You know, he's got a, there's a, there's sort of a brooding, dark something to his personality, which Mm -hmm. seems to fit Batman pretty well. Uh, So I I enjoyed all the Christian Bale Batman movies. Um, And Bane is my favorite uh, arch rival, I guess. So that, so uh, that, that that was a good matchup. But I'm, I'm down with the new Batman movie. Uh, And Pattinson, what's his first name? Robert. Robert Pattinson. Uh huh. uh, I thought, I thought he was he was even darker and more brooding yeah. than Christian Bale, which I think fits the movie and the character.
1: It's all those Twilight films. Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> yep. I which I'm not a, I'm not a connoisseur of the Twilight films, but I, but I'm I'm going with Pattinson. I love the movie. And That was 3 hours. Oh wow. And and that's a long time to sit. Uh I probably if they could have found a way to make it 2 240 Uh, that'd be my preference, but yeah, I don't want to be too, I loved the movie. I thought it was fantastic.
1: Awesome. Great. Good deal. Well, we are, uh, we, we are still in, we were still in first John. Uh, we came to, uh, first John chapter two verses 18 to 28. I'm going to read that for us real quick and then we'll, we'll dive into our discussion, uh, about the, uh, about your sermon from Sunday. Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that anti, heard that antichrist is coming, So now many antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it
0: Yeah, um, that particular passage in 1 John is important because it's clear from the very beginning that there's a problem in the church. There's a false teaching there, and it's also evident from actually the first four verses that it has to do with the denial of Jesus actually being human. So, you know, John opens up by saying that which we've seen, that which we've heard, that which we've touched with our hands, that which we beheld. And he was an apostle. He's one of the original twelve. So he's in a he's in a really uh unusual and w- one of the few people still living at the end of the first century who could mm-hmm. say I saw him, I heard him, I touched him. And he uses, you know, several of the senses there. Yeah. Three anyway. Um he didn't say he smelled him uh <laughs> and he didn't say he tasted him. Right. But the this this image of touching him with my own hands, I think part of that is a, is a way that says he was really human, mm-hmm. and I saw him, and I yeah. touched him, and I heard him. So uh, you can pick up early on what he's doing here. He's trying to combat this false teaching and, and help the church through it. Well, but so who who actually are the deceivers? Who are the false teachers? What's the problem there? And so when you get to this passage, uh, he says it is the last hour, right? Uh, and you've heard that antichrist is coming already. Many antichrists are in the world, and then he says they went out from us. Does he jump to that like? Like he's, it's a new topic, but it's not. They went out from us because they were not of us, Mm -hmm. and this points again to this false teaching that is dividing the church. It's split. It's splitting the church, and it's clear there are people who've left the church based on this denial that Jesus had come in the flesh. This is pretty common in this at this time um, in this Greek Greco-Roman thinking about the body somehow inherently being evil. Mm-hmm. And so the thought that that God, if He is truly God and is truly fully good, could be human is difficult for some some folks in this culture to to embrace so the thinking that somehow jesus wasn 't fully human mm-hmm. would would play right into people 's already this thought about the body and that the body 's evil, so it looks like that kind of thinking has infiltrated the church so at this point in first John he's getting around to kind of explaining what might be at the heart of what we see what we're looking back on 2000 years later right and his his argument is this is antichrist uh, this denial that jesus has come in the flesh this denial that jesus really is the son of god because mm-hmm. if you deny he came in the flesh it questions the fatherhood of god yeah and uh, so he's a, it, this is important passage for understanding what is at the heart of this uh, false teaching And he identifies the false teachers who are proponents of it Mm -hmm. uh, as antichrist. Yes. And so that's that's the the, so my sermon was to explain some of that, and then help us think about how we should think about antichrist in our own world. Yeah, that's great. Um, So everybody's
1: seen uh, seen a Facebook post from somebody saying so and so is the antichrist, and you know we experience that so often. Um, uh, but but what do you think? What did the early Christians believe about the Antichrist? Were they looking for a specific person, or or you, you talked a lot about the spirit of the Antichrist, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, not to give a spoiler alert, but um, you <laughs> talked about uh, you you talked about you know rather than looking around for the Antichrist, you said look in the mirror for the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did what did the early early Christians believe uh, about the Antichrist in the last hour?
0: Yeah, well, I think you see them connecting it often with whoever the current Roman emperor was because there was always tension, at least until Constantine, who, when he make, who begins this process of Christianity being sort of the state religion. But prior to that, there always seems to be conflict between the Roman emperor or the empire and the Christian community, which is understandable because there's always going to be uh, conflicts between the Christian community and any government, um, because Christianity advocates for a different empire, a different kingdom. Right. It's the kingdom of God, and any government or empire is going to advocate for their government, their empire, as the most important entity. Right. So, so it's, it, there's going to be this tension, and what you see in early church fathers, in early church writings like the Epistle of Barnabas or the Didache, uh, they're identifying – they're they're sort of bringing together these ideas of a false teacher deceiver with some kind of political leader ruler like the Roman emperor and and sort of then uh, embodying that in whoever the Roman emperor of the day is mm-hmm. and uh you you see this in like Irenaeus uh, mm-hmm. who's early church father he takes he takes the the Greek word Latinos, uh, which means latin man uh uh-huh. Which is the way he was referring to the Roman emperor as the Latin man, okay. you know, because Latin was the language of the empire, right? And but he takes the Greek of that name and then assigns numerical values to it, and guess what the number is? He gets six six six, mm. and for him it was uh, Septimius Severus was the emperor who may have even been the reason that his life ended. But it's it, it's very easy to then identify an em, an emperor. Mm -hmm. Uh, with the Antichrist because they worshipped the emperors especially the dead emperors so there was an emperor cult Uh so it had these religious overtones but also they were political which gave them power over the pe- over the Christian community, often bringing persecution upon them. Yeah, so that was the most common. And yes, they were all about Antichrist, and they were all about the beast coming up out of the sea in Revelation thirteen and fourteen, right. and they were all about the man of lawlessness in Second Thessalonians chapter two, and they were interested in Jesus Olivet discourse where he talked about false Christs and false uh, false prophets. Mm-hmm. So yes, the 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 interest in in an Antichrist figure is not all all new. Right. It, yeah.
1: It's been throughout history and you, you pointed out in your, uh, you pointed out in your sermon, not only, you know, do, do we try and identify a singular antichrist, but and as you just said, you know, even early, early believers did that, but even throughout history and the, uh, you know, throughout the, uh, reformation period and, and other periods there have been, uh, there have been people just continually, I know, Oh, that's the antichrist. Mm-hmm. That's the antichrist, That's the antichrist. Um, and it seems that it seems that people have have kind of had the wrong perspective trying to identify uh, things related to the Antichrist and and uh, the last hour because they're 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 focused outward. Um, you know, you really challenge us to to focus inward in that. You know, in seeking out. You know, who, what is the Antichrist? Um, but how is a biblical theological uh, perspective important when? dealing with the topic of the antichrist in the last hour
0: yeah i think uh how to, how to interpret the bible <clears throat> is um something that we don't talk enough about we mm-hmm. just sort of do it yeah and we don't talk about how should we approach <laughs> scripture and i think generally the first i teach the it's biblical hermeneutics which okay. is how to interpret the bible yeah. i teach that i've taught that for 25 years in fact they when I came to OBU 25 years ago, that's when they started the biblical hermeneutics class. Okay. They didn't have one before wow, that. that's amazing. So they assigned it to the new guy, which was me <laughs> then. So I've taught it at least once a year and oftentimes twice a year for 25 years. So my the number one principle when I come to Scripture is I want to know what the author intended. That's my mm-hmm. first question. What did the author intend and how would the audience have understood it? that's my starting point. Yeah. Now, I don't think the meaning is limited to what the author intended because right. I believe ultimately it has divine authorship and God could have more meaning in the text that he inspires than the human author could have for, could have known. Right. And I think you see that with um like in the New Testament, you see New Testament writers going back into the Old Testament and saying, "Oh yeah, this was talking about Jesus." Mhm. In my mind, there's no way Hosea in Hosea 11.1, 1, when he says, Out of Egypt I shall call my son, and it's so clear that he's talking about the exodus. Uh-huh. The whole point there is in Hosea 11.1, 1, I brought you out of Egypt, and and now look at you. You're right. disobeying me. And he's, and he's promising judgment on them if they don't repent. Well, Matthew sees that, and he says, Oh, this was fulfilled when Mary and Joseph took Jesus to Egypt to escape Herod the Great's decree. Right. Now, um, did, did Matthew sort of go out of bounds in order to make that connection because Hosea was talking about the Exodus? Absolutely not. The right. fuller meaning of that was Jesus going to Egypt, mm-hmm. and Matthew saw that clearly, and it's easy to see that after yeah. the event. There's, in my mind, you'll not convince me that Hosea had Jesus going to Egypt in mind. Right. Yeah. so so there's there's you, you always have to be open to a, a meaning that would transcend what the human author would know yeah but I want to start with what did the human author intend right and we should do that in the book of Revelation. you shouldn't open up your daily newspaper as a place to start when you're reading the book of Revelation yes so you start with it's written likely at the end of the first century by Christians who were suffering under Domitian's persecution. It's possible it was written in the mid 60s under Nero's persecution, but it's it's almost certainly one of those two situations of persecution. So, I want to look first and say what what would John have been who was the beast coming up out of the sea for John and his audience? It uh-huh. had to have meaning for them. Right. When we just immediately make it Russia of our own day or, you know, China or uh, some country in the Middle East that's threatening Israel—that could not have had any meaning for the original audience. Right. So, so I, for any book of the Bible, it's a, just a general principle. What was the author's intent? Mm-hmm. If you begin there, it provides some guardrails, some boundaries, right, uh, to keep you from going completely out of bounds and just reading yeah. completely subjectivity. Yep. So, what we try to get people to do—not just in class—I hope I hope we do this in churches. What we will hope to do is draw the meaning out of the text, not impose our own sort of worldview onto right. the text. So drawing out rather than reading into right. is, is uh, what we should be about. So if we, we, we ask those questions about what was John's situation uh, when he's writing 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, what situations he's addressing, if we start there – it will keep down a lot of the wilder speculation that gets people distracted from the bigger questions about how should I be living my life in the last hour.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, can you summarize what or who the Antichrist is, according to 1 John?
0: Well, I'm going to sort of um, avoid, when where I'm talking about it, a specific individual, right. trying to even trying to identify a specific individual, because I think based on First John and Second John, verse seven, that's the only places Antichrist appears. The term Antichrist. Now, I'm I'm I absolutely would say Revelation thirteen and fourteen is an important commentary on Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the beast coming up out of the sea who who causes other people to worship him, uh, whose number is six six six. Uh, who persecutes the Christian community. Uh, So, yeah, I'm absolutely going to look for other passages of Scripture to help inform my understanding of Antichrist. But I'm going to first – my perception and my identification of Antichrist is going to come from 1 John and 2 John because that's where the term is used. And there it's clear that Antichrist is more than an individual. Antichrist is a spirit. I mean, not, a, not like a apparition, but right. uh, it's a it's a way of thinking. Yes, it's a false teaching, and and at the heart of it is a denial of Jesus' genuine humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I think it could just be a denial of Jesus' true nature. It's somebody who's denying that Jesus is God yep. would also be representing the spirit and teaching of Antichrist. Yeah. So I'm looking for false teachers first. And then I'm looking for people who bring division in the church, either a local church or the church more uh, broadly. And when I see those uh, characteristics, uh, and you can see it on social media, I think you see the spirit of Antichrist on social media every day. Absolutely. When I see the divisiveness, uh, the, the the kinds of attacks on people, character assassination um among fellow believers yeah. or people who claim to be believers, that just for me reeks of the spirit of Antichrist mm-hmm. and um, the same people who are who are doing these things and bringing division um, are are out there looking for Putin or some other you know right. <laughs> American president Joe Biden right uh, as the antichrist when the spirit of Antichrist is active in their own activity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so that was my point about yeah. looking in the mirror. Uh, I, I'm not at all frightened by some antichrist figure. And, and I'm, I am wouldn't want anyone to mishear me that I don't think there might be a figure who embodies all this just before the end of all things. Right, But I don't know when that would be or how long that would be. And I'm not going right. to suggest it's going to be in my lifetime yeah. uh, or my children's lifetime. I, I, I don't have any idea right. about when it might be. But I think we should – put more attention on is there any spirit of antichrist is there any denial are we allowing some false understanding of jesus nature to sort of seep into our own thinking and teaching are we causing division in our sunday school class or in our church and you know ibc right now is it in an interim period uh and that's a prime time uh for there to be um you know division and Different groups wanting to go in different directions. Now I've not heard anything, and I don't feel I don't sense any of that. Right, but that's always a danger uh, when you're in the in the midst of a search for a uh, for a pastor for a shepherd. Yeah, and so I think it's timely and uh, to to think about these things. And if someone sees it, and you can, if someone calls you with, you know. Talking about somebody, or talking about Aaron, or talking about Scott, or talking about the the search committee, or something like that, being negative and and maybe spreading rumors. Put just put a stop to it. Just yeah. say, well, I, I don't know that that's true, or I would I would just try to kill that everywhere I hear it, yeah. Because uh, I wouldn't want to. I don't want to represent this this spirit of division that yeah. is the spirit of Antichrist.
1: Yep, that's great. So good, so good Bo- Dr. Kelly, we are so uh, grateful that you uh, took took some time to uh, really dissect this text for us and uh, to uh, really bring it bring it home for us and make it. Something that's not just, you know, we got to find who the Antichrist is. And pin the tail and, on the Antichrist. Yes, that was, pin, yes, that was good. <laughs> pin the tail on the Antichrist. That's that's a fun game. I'm going to play that at my son's third birthday party. <laughs> have all political leaders yes, on the wall. Yeah. Yes, son, pick which one. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, that's going to wrap up our uh, podcast uh, episode today with Dr. Kelly. Um, we have lots of great things going on here at Emanuel that we would love for you to be a part Part of. Most importantly, we want you to come and worship with us in person. We have worship services Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9.45, and 11. We're also streaming online on our website and on Facebook at those times. If you'd like to find out any more information about our church, head online, go to ibcshawnee.org, and we have all kinds of things there for you, all kinds of great content, and also just a list of things going on here at Emmanuel. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.